Hi, this is Reagan Sutterfield. Welcome to the Christ Church Advent Devotion for December 2nd, 2021. And the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Genesis 4, 10-12 When the 12th century monk and famed preacher Bernard of Clairvaux was asked to write some instructions to monks on the practice of humility, he delivered instead a book on pride. Humility, of course, is tied into the work as a contrast, but pride and its operations are front and center. At the very end of the short book, St. Bernard writes to the abbot who requested it, Well, Brother Godfrey, you will perhaps complain that I have not given you exactly what you asked and what I promised. It looks as if I had described the steps of pride rather than humility. All I can say is that I can only teach what I know myself. I could not very well describe the way up, because I am more used to falling down than to climbing. Of course, in this response, Bernard is displaying a good deal of humility, the living in the truth that he says is the very core of the humble path. But his excuse nonetheless says something important about what we can say about humility from the human side. Our own acquaintance is much more fully with pride. We learn humility mostly by the pains of humiliation and looking to Christ, who was able to live into its truth better than any before or since. We are learned to, if we are to learn to recognize our pride, we should understand that it is what it is and how it operates in the world. Another of the foundational stories in Genesis helps us learn something of pride. The familiar story of Cain is found in Genesis chapter 4. There are many fascinating layers to this story that we can't begin to plumb here, but I'll point out just a couple. First, the soil is a kind of fourth character in the drama of Cain, Abel, and God. While it isn't entirely clear in the text, there seems to be something wrong with Cain's sacrifice of the land's crops rather than offering an animal. We can only theorize here, but throughout Israel's narrative, there seems to be a preference for pastoralist as opposed to grain-based agriculture. This makes political and ecological sense. There is good evidence that grain-based agriculture is at the root of the rise of empires and their attendant hierarchies. It is no wonder that Egypt and its storehouses of grain become the symbol of oppression in the Bible. Cain seems to be a precursor of this. In fact, as we'll see, Cain founds the first city. Another way that soil shows up is that it is the Adamah, the ground translated here, that cries out to God, revealing Cain's murder of Abel. That this specific word is used might signal that there was something violent at play in Cain's agriculture. And in fact, 
we know well that tilling the earth is quite damaging to the soil. It is far better to graze animals on grass than to plow a field, and surely the ancients had some understanding of this. Cain's violence against the Adamah then turns to violence against his brother and fellow human, Adam. But the second feature of the story is where things become even more interesting. Cain is cursed by God and forced to be a wanderer of the earth. Yet what does Cain do? He founds the first city. The brilliant Christian writer Elam Sakasis has connected this rejection of God's curse to the possible paths we have for dealing with the frustrations of our fallen world. We all suffer from the finitude inherent in human life. We all recognize that there are terrible diseases and injustices that are unnatural to the world and are instead introduced through varied forms of human evil. Think here of starvation in places with huge amounts of food waste. How do we respond to this reality? One path is what Sakasis calls the way of grace. Here we live within the limits of our finitude, humbly waiting before God to be brought into fullness. We work for good, but we don't imagine that our finitude is a problem that we can solve. The other path is what we might call the way of pride. Like Cain, instead of accepting the curse of our fall, we reject this judgment and work to overcome it through human technical prowess. This is the way of Cain and then of Babel, both aiming to acquire godlike powers. Such a path of pride may seem to work for a while. Our own age is one marked by ever-expanding technical progress that has created unprecedented human abundance. Some of this is good, but much of it has been at the cost of the world, and now we are facing the sixth mass extinction of species on Earth and a climate in chaos. We know this pride well and where it leads. But now it is time to climb down the ladder in this strange inversion of humility, in which the way up is the way down. Instead of following Cain's path, trying to overcome the limits of our finite lives, we should seek instead to live within the boundaries of our creatureliness. This is the path of humility, a recovery of the lost art of being a creature. It's an art to which the poetry of the Psalms speak well, and to which we'll turn over the next couple of days. Have a blessed day.